Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. everyone and welcome back to the one woman book club podcast i'm your host grace and this is the podcast where we talk about all things books and authors and news and also discuss a quarter of our monthly book club pick and if you haven't heard this month's book club pick is just the nicest couple by mary cubica and i'm so excited because this is the first episode where we can finally get to our regularly scheduled programming of you know half book news at the beginning talking about my life and my current reads and all those things. And then the other half of the podcast will be the book club pick talk. And I am just so excited to get into that today and just get into what I want the podcast to really be about. Um, So I'm really excited. So first of all, I just want to say a huge thank you to everyone who listened to the first two episodes when they released a couple weeks ago now. I honestly wasn't sure what was going to happen when I started this whole endeavor. And when I put these two episodes out, I'm like I said in the first episode or the second episode, I'm really new to podcasting and I didn't really know the difference between like what a listen is versus what a download is and what that means for, you know, success in your first week with a podcast. But so, so many of you were listening and downloading and it just felt really, really good to know that you guys really liked this idea too. And I got so many kind and sweet messages from everyone saying they loved the idea, that they're reading our February book club pick, that they're really excited for me to put out new episodes. And that just makes me so happy that you guys are also so excited about this. So I just want to extend a huge thank you for all the support that I got on those first two episodes. And just know that everything is even going to get better from here because I have so many fun ideas. And I'm just so excited to get into like a solid solid, consistent podcast uploading schedule and just actually talk about what I want to talk to you talk about on the podcast. So I'm recording this on Friday, February 3rd. So hopefully that gave everyone enough time to answer some of my poll questions on Instagram um, as we talk about our first ever February book club pick. And like I mentioned before, I'll get into all of the book club things in a little while. Um, I'm really excited to talk about all that and how things went. And I have a couple questions and review points. But first, like I mentioned before, I do want to discuss my current reads. The book of the month picks are out and also some book related news in my life. So January has come to a close and I ended the month with five books read, which I feel like is pretty solid for me. I'm pretty much in the five to seven range. When I first started my bookstagram account, I used to read like eight to nine books a month. I don't know what was going on with me, but I could not read that fast or that much now. I feel like I just have way too much going on in my life. So I will take five solid reads. I feel really, really good about that. And I talked about the measure and the one already in my second podcast episode. So many people had messaged me and also in my personal life come up to me and say they want to read the measure now after listening to the podcast, which is amazing. You absolutely should. Um, I feel like that's honestly going to be a contender for like one of my top books of the year, even though I only gave it four and a half stars. Do you ever have that happen? You're like, you rate a book like four stars or four and a half, and then you read some other books in the meantime, and you're like, wait, why did I not make that a perfect five? And I am of the impression that you can totally go back and change your rating if you reflect on it a little bit longer and feel like it deserves a higher, a higher, you know, rating. How do you guys rate your books? Also, I would like to know. I just use a classic five-star rating system. Five stars is like near perfect. I, you know, it gave me like some sort of a five-star feeling in some way. Anything like a little bit below that, if it didn't give me like that little spark, that little like feeling, I'll give it a four and a half. A four is like an amazing book still, something I would highly recommend, something I really loved. Three and a half is still good, but I didn't like totally enjoy it. There were some things that really bored me or some things I didn't like. A three is eh, just middle of the road. And then I honestly rarely rate things lower than a three. I think of my time on Bookstagram, I've maybe rated like two or three books below a three. And it's basically because I finished it, but I really didn't like it. So that's just how I rate my books. But back to what I read this month, um, I was able to finish Seven Days in June, These Impossible Things, 
and Sam before the month was over. So let me talk about each one of those a little bit. So I loved Seven Days in June by Tia Williams. Thought it was so clever, so smart, so sexy, all the things I said in my second episode. But also I just felt like the chemistry and like the connection between the two main characters was so real and like raw and honest. And I often read romances and I'm like, oh, that was just so cheesy. Like I really couldn't, like obviously on paper they worked really well, but beyond that, I didn't really feel too much for the main characters, but these two I just loved. And I it made you believe in like a soulmate connection and a true love without being like over the top or forced or cheesy like in any way. So if you haven't read that yet, it's a perfect book for February for Valentine's month for the month of love, um, which I'll talk about a little bit um, more in a little bit. (laughs) But then I read um, These Impossible Things. This one has been recommended to me by so many of my friends on Instagram and so many followers. And I've just been putting off reading it for some reason. I don't know why. It just, it's always been at the top of my TBR, but another book has always like been more intriguing or had taken its place. But I don't know why, because I absolutely love books that are focused on like a sisterhood bond and like you know, best friends that like are your blood almost. Um, And this one was just done amazingly well. So this is about three Muslim women living in London, and they're on the verge of graduating college in their, you know, early 20s. And they're all kind of at different points of, I guess, accepting and embracing their religion. You know, their parents want them to marry people within their faith. And two of the girls are dating white men and they haven't told their parents. And so it's a lot of them kind of dealing with wanting to please their parents and wanting to stay true to their religion and themselves and their culture, but at the same time wanting to go out and again, like be true to themselves and who they are as just like a woman living in your 20s. Like you want to date around, you want to do things that aren't so like set in rules almost. And it was just beautiful. Like, I feel like I learned a lot about that culture and that religion. And at the same time, absolutely loved just like feeling the bond between these three women. And a lot of traumatic things happen throughout the book. And it's a book that really focuses on themes of like found family and sisterhood and finding yourself coming of age. It was just lovely. I rated it five stars. And if you're looking for a really good book about true friendship, this is it. I don't know why. If any of you have read this, let me know if you agree. It kind of reminded me of The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. I don't know why. But obviously a very, very, very adult version of that. But something in the writing, something in how each of the girls' stories was like told separately from the others, um, something about it reminded me of that. It was one of my favorite series when I was in middle school. Um, So it felt like kind of nostalgic to me, which is crazy, but um, loved it. Then the last book of the month was Sam by Allegra Goodman. And I did um, pick this as one of our four book club choices that you guys could choose from. And I almost knew it wasn't going to be picked because I know that it's not going to be a book that everyone will love, but it's a book that I knew I would love, like from the first page that I read it. If you guys listened to the last episode, I talked about reading the first page in Target and being like, oh my God, I'm going to love this book. And so I was at four books for the month and I'm like, let me just start Sam. It's pretty sure. Let me see if I can get, you know, halfway through before the month is over. I think I started this on like January 30th or something. Read it in one day, literally. I started it like 1 p.m., then like took a break to take a shower, took a break to, you know, cook dinner or something, and then finished it by like 10.30. I loved it so much. It's such a beautiful coming of age story. And it's about this girl. She starts out when she's seven years old named Sam. And the writing is done in third person. So it is a narrator saying like, Sam did this, Sam did that. But the way the writing is for each stage of Sam's life, like we start when she's seven, the writing and the narration is way simpler, almost like you're hearing it or like reading everything through the mind of Sam, even though it's a narrator. And then when she gets a little more mature, like middle school, the writing kind of enhances. I felt like that was amazingly done. Like it was beautiful. Um, And Sam's parents are divorced and her dad is kind of like in and out of the picture and her mother like isn't that, um, you know, they're not very rich or anything and her dad struggles with addiction. And I feel like all of these topics, oh my God, it was just beautiful. Um, Definitely read it if you're a fan of coming of age, if you're okay with a story that doesn't have like wild twists and turns, if you really just like like a good writing style, a really good story, a great in-depth character piece. It was so, so beautiful. Like, 
could write an essay on how beautiful this book was, honestly. It really, really reminded me of The People We Keep by Alison Larkin, which if you followed me for a little while, you know that's one of my all-time favorite books. It's a book that nothing like really happens, but it's like found family, this girl kind of like struggling through her life and growing up. And it was just beautiful. And I totally see why Jenna picked it for her read with Jenna Pick of January. I was really, really thrilled with it. So I loved that one. And those are the books that I read in January. And right now I am about 60 pages into The Housewife by Frida McFadden. Really enjoying it so far. Um, It kind of is giving me Last Housewife by... um, Live Constantine vibes. So I'm really enjoying that. And of course, I'm reading Just the Nicest Couple by Mary Kubica, which we'll get into soon. So next, we had the February book of the month choices come out this week. And just a quick thing, if you're not already, I would definitely subscribe to book of the month, you get one book each month for $16. And it's always a new release or you know, sometimes books that they haven't even released yet, which is awesome. Then if you want more books, you can choose additional books onto that for $10 a piece. So genuinely, I really think it's a fun way to get a fresh round of books every month. And I don't know what I would do without book of the month. I think it just so much fun to get the little blue box every month with a new book at my doorstep. I think it's so fun. So if you are interested, just head over to my Instagram, Grace's Reading Nook, click the link in my bio to find a link to get your first book from Book of the Month for just $5. Guys, I was thrilled with the February book picks. This doesn't always happen. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to talk about each of these on the podcast now. And I know it's going to take forever, but I do want to talk about them a little bit because I was just so excited on Tuesday when these came out. I was like, yes, I want all five of these. I picked four. Spoiler alert, I did pick four. Like I said, I really haven't wanted all five books in a really long time. So I ordered three on my main account and then I opened a new account just to be able to get one more because if you don't know, they only allow you to get three books per month in your main account or your regular account. I think that's just because of like shipping is usually really good with book of the month. And also I'm sure they don't have like boxes that are big enough. I don't know to have more than three. So yeah, I did open a new account just to get one more. That's something I had done a while ago. I had a second account open and ready, but I closed it just because I kept forgetting to like cancel my, um, subscription every month. So I was getting charged $16 and then I felt like I didn't need the fourth book, but I reopened it just for this month because I was so excited about them. And then if you follow me, you might have seen I even did a poll asking if I should get a final fifth book. But I did. I did hold back and just stick with the four. But it was honestly a really hard choice because all five were really good. So the first book I got was Mame by Jessica George. This book is literally everywhere right now. Um, It was also just released as Read with Jenna's February book club pick. So if I haven't talked enough about that, I already know I'm going to really love it. I don't want to talk about these too, too much because I feel like I could get like crazy into talking about them. And I know we want to get to our book club pick of the month, but I want to read the little blurb that book of the month says about each of these books and then not really much else. But this is a contemporary fiction pick in the little blurb says, coming of age is hard work, but this heartwarming story of self-discovery has plenty of laughs and wisdom to spare too. So as many of you know, and if you don't already, if it's a coming of age story, I'm probably going to love it. So this says, um, the little emojis say it's a family drama, it's sad, millennial, and features immigration. So overall, I'm super excited about this one, and it was my main choice. Um, I was really excited to see it. The next book that I chose was River Sing Me Home by Eleanor Shearer, and this one is a historical fiction pick, and I haven't heard about it, but I'm really, really excited about it. This one is also Good Morning America's book club pick this month, so again, excited about that. I usually really like their choices. This quick take says, a mother's love knows no bounds in this gripping story of a formerly enslaved woman's search for her stolen children. Wow, what a sentence. Um, It sounds like an incredibly powerful read, honestly, and the little emojis for this one too you are. It's a heavy read. You can definitely tell that already. International Literary and Quest. So I'm I'm really, really excited about this one. As you may have heard from my last episode, I'm a huge historical fiction fan. Truly can't get enough. So I think this might be a little favorite of mine. I can already tell I'm really going to love it. So my third book was one I actually already had on my radar for the 2023 new releases, but I didn't share it in last week's episode only because I didn't feel like a lot of people were talking about it. And I had already been recording for so long. I couldn't, re- I couldn't talk about every single book that I had on my, my radar for the new releases, but it's Georgie All Along by Kate Claiborne, and it's a romance. This quick take says, a love letter to anyone who struggled to find their way. This is a swoon-worthy reminder to always bet on yourself. The emoji 
energies here are emotional, buzzy, salacious, and underdog. This is another one that has those coming of age elements and finding out who you truly are and making your teenage self proud, which I love that sort of thought. I've always thought like, is my teenage self happy with what I'm doing? I don't know that all the time, but I think she'd be happy I'm doing a podcast. So that's something sweet and sentimental, but I'm really excited about that one. Um, my fourth book was the one I opened my new second account temporarily for. This was The Writing Retreat by Julia Bartz, which is a thriller. The quick take here is pro tip, read the fine print before a writer's retreat, lest you end up stuck with a kooky horror writer and your ex-BFF. The emojis here are psychological, creepy, rural, and writer's life. I'm a sucker for a good thriller. I love a closed door cabin spooky sort of mystery thriller vibe. Um, This one already has really great reviews. So again, I'm very excited. Um, And the one that I skipped that I almost opened another account for, I'm crazy, was Someone Else's Shoes by Jojo Moyes. I've actually never read a Jojo Moyes book, but this one does sound really endearing. Um, It's a contemporary fiction. This one's quick take is an accidental gym bag swap holds two women whose lives are on the rocks into realizing it's time to seize their fates. The emojis here are 400 plus pages. So it's a thick one, multiple viewpoints, quirky and marriage issues. So overall, if you couldn't tell, I feel like this is an incredible book of the month month. It has so many genres. I feel like it has something for everyone. And I feel like it just covers a lot of lot of ground. So really feel like there's something for everyone. If you haven't already, definitely go grab your $5 book from the link in my bio for book of the month. Great month to join. In some personal news, I wanted to share a little bit about this endeavor that I had yesterday. I'm so excited. I was able to go back to Boston's The Hub Today on NBC to talk about some Valentine's Day, Galentine's Day, anti-Valentine's Day books. I want to talk a little bit about how this all started because that was my third time going in person to the studio, but it's my fourth segment on The Hub. I am genuinely just like so grateful for this opportunity. So basically in summer of 2022, right? Yeah, summer of, I'm like, what year is it? It's 2023. Summer of 2022, I got a message from Hannah Donnelly, who's one of the reporters on The Hub, and she wanted to see if I wanted to come on and talk about some summer reads. We had a quick phone call, and then I was able to book a day for July to go into the studio. If you didn't listen to my first episode, I live in Portland, Maine, so it's only about an hour and a half drive down to Boston. Went into the studio with my books, talked about them, like absolutely loved it. The feeling that I got from doing that was truly like incredible. So if you didn't know either, um, I was kind of like a journalism major in college. So I double majored in communications and media studies, which was at my college kind of like a make your own journalism degree in a sense. So I really, really wanted to be a reporter or a news anchor or something like that. So I always loved the news. And I actually had like this this big decision moment my senior year of college. Um, I had two job offers. One of them was at a Portland, Maine, like communications sort of Um, company where I'd be like a content, you know, developer. And then another one was I was going to be a reporter in West Virginia at a news station there, but I had to decide like very soon. The news industry is like very fast paced. The pay is not great right out of college. You have to go to a market that is actually really, really small. Every city that like has a news station is ranked in a market system, like 200 would be like the station I was at in West Virginia. And then number one would be like New York City. So out of college, especially I went to um, USM, University of Southern Maine in Portland, Maine. It's not like the biggest school, you're definitely going to be looking at going to reporting, going to be a reporter in like a really low level market, if that makes sense, like in the 200s. And then I ended up choosing the communications company, I just wasn't ready to go to West Virginia and start a new thing. Like if I had had a job lined up in Portland, which would have been impossible right out of school, it might have been different. But regardless, that's like a whole other thing. I've always really, really loved the news and getting to do something like this was just so exciting for me. And then I was so lucky because they asked me to be back in October to talk about some, you know, spooky fall, cozy, (laughs) spooky and cozy fall reads. And then we also pre-taped a segment for the winter, um, which was going to be like your winter favorites. And so I came back this time, like I said, to talk about Valentine's Day reads, just books about love in general. There are just literally amazing at the hub. 
I love the people there so much. They're so sweet. And it's like not nerve wracking at all. I mean, a little bit. My heart always races a little bit because it is live television, but they're just so amazing. So I got to go yesterday. My boyfriend Noah always comes down with me to help me, you know, calm my nerves, take my photos, just give me the moral support. And they always love him there too, which is so sweet. Filmed the segment. There were some other great people there. Um, The Boston Food Journal was there talking about some fun Valentine's Day stuff too. And then I also had the opportunity to go on NECN, their LX. Um, segment to have an additional discussion about books. That one was pre-taped, so that one should be out pretty soon too. So I'm just so grateful. So actually, the segment isn't out quite yet. They always post it on their website. They haven't posted it yet, but when it is posted, I will be posting that, of course, on my Instagram, um, letting you guys see that because I know a lot of you, all of you, honestly, are so supportive about that endeavor of mine too and love seeing the segment. So that makes me so, so happy. So all of that will be on my Instagram. But the five books I discussed were The One by John Mars. Of course, it's the perfect anti-Valentine's Day book. Seven Days in June by Tia Williams. These Impossible Things. Pack Up the Moon by Kristen Higgins. And Just the Nicest Couple. And then I also had... Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores. And it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Emily Henry book out there just in case we need some more time to fill because I was going to say that her romances are like perfect if you just want like a quick, easy little read, but we didn't really have time to talk about that. But they did plug the podcast, which is amazing. We did talk about the One Woman Book Club. So hopefully we have some new listeners out there today. Thank you for listening. So again, definitely go ahead and check out my Instagram, Grace's Reading Nook, because all of that will be posted there very shortly. And we already talked about Read with Jenna's book club pick of the month, which was Mom. And then Good Morning America's book club pick was Reversing Me Home. But Reese actually hasn't announced her February book club pick at this point that I'm recording on February 3rd. So that's a TBD. We'll get back to that shortly. But it is time. Let's get into our discussion for our February book club pick, Just the Nicest Couple by Mary Kubica. I have been hearing from so many of you all this week about how you picked up the book and how you're reading it. And again, that just makes me so incredibly happy. Thank you guys so much for your support. I hope you're enjoying the book. I can talk about that. I did some polls this week. So um, as a recap, I gave you all four choices to pick from for our February book club pick. I picked Just the Nicest Couple by Mary Kubica, Sam by Allegra Goodman, What Lies in the Woods by Kate Alice Marshall, and Funny You Should Ask by Alyssa Sussman. I want to talk about why I picked these a little bit. So I knew that 
I honestly had a feeling that Just the Nicest Couple was going to win. Mary Kubica is a huge author in the book community. Thrillers won the genre poll, and this was a new release. So I had a feeling this was going to win, so I had to throw it in there um, just because I would be remiss not to throw it in. Um, Sam by Allegra Goodman was my personal favorite pick, and it was also timely in a new release, so I wanted to add that in there. What Lies in the Woods by Kate Ellis Marshall was one of my book of the months from last month. And I feel like a lot of people also picked that one. So I thought it might be an easily accessible one. And as I read the synopsis in last week's episode, I was like, "Ooh, that sounds really good. Let's add it as a choice. Also, I think I will be doing a genre poll for each month and Thriller did win. So I wanted to include two thrillers in the four choices just because it did win. So I'll do that like if romance wins next month for some reason or whatever else wins for next month, I'll make sure to include two picks of that genre in the four choices. And then I wanted to include Funny You Should Ask by Alyssa Sussman because I wanted to include a romance, but also because I'm wicked obsessed with Andrew Garfield right now. And I guess this has the same vibes as Andrew Garfield and Amelia de Moldenberg, if that's how you pronounce her last name. I guess it has the same vibes as like their sort of like whirlwind red carpet romance, which like I can't stop watching that interview. I'm obsessed with him and I have been for like a year now. And I know that's like not that long, but I've just been in this Andrew Garfield kick. And so I was like, maybe that'll win. And actually it got quite a few, quite a few upvotes, but Just the Nicest Couple by Mary Kubica won by a landslide. And I'm honestly really, really excited that it won. One unfortunate thing and has caused me a little bit of a headache this week is that I didn't realize until picking it up myself last week that it doesn't have chapter numbers. So annoying. Like there's no way to mark except for page numbers, like what point to read up to. So obviously this makes it a bit of a challenge for a book club. You know, I'm telling you what page to read up to, but many people like might get a paperback version or I I I have the hardcover or you might be reading on a Kindle or you might be listening on audio. So it just makes it really difficult. Next time, I really hope that one of the choices that wins has regular chapter numbers. It's not something I can really check unless I had the physical book and I didn't have this book until it won. I wanted to go out and get it after that. So it's something I'll keep in mind, but I did come up with a bit of a solution um, that I hope helps. And I did already post this on my Instagram. It's under my podcast highlight on my page, but I wanted to talk about it on the pod as well in case you're confused. And I want to make sure that we all know where we were supposed to read up to, even though I know so many of you actually read ahead, which is totally fine. But I know if I read ahead, I would get confused as to what I have to be talking about in each episode. And I want to make sure I keep it as spoiler free as possible. So let me talk a little bit about the schedule. So for this episode, you should have read the prologue up to chapter eight, which is Christian's POV. And then the next POV up will be Nina's. So in my hardcover edition, which I feel like is the one that the majority of people got. Let me know if there is a paperback copy out right now. I I feel like I'm able to order a paperback version on Amazon. I don't know. But um, in my hardcover edition, that is page 66 that I read up to. Um, If you don't have the hardcover version, I would recommend counting out each POV as a chapter, which is what I did. um, And that would be up to chapter eight, like I said. So there aren't chapter numbers, but I went through the book I already cut it into the quarters that I want to talk about in each podcast episode. And so I counted out each chapter within those quarters. So there are, you know, I'm not actually sure how many chapters there are on the book. I'm looking, I'm like trying to make this as easy as possible. But if you are like listening on audio or reading on a Kindle, just count each POV as a chapter and maybe like make a little mark in your phone or something. I know it's hard. I'm sorry, guys. I am trying my best. It's a little bit of a headache. But up to page 66 or up to chapter eight for this episode. Then for episode two this month, that comes out next Monday on February 13th, almost Valentine's Day. You'll read chapter eight, which is Nina's point of view through chapter 16. Christian's point of view will be the one up next. And if you have the hardcover book like me, that means you'll read up to page 153. Episode three this month will be out on Monday, February 20th. And again, if you have the hardcover, you'll read up to page 230. Otherwise, you'll be reading chapter 17 through chapter 26. And the next POV up will be Christian's. 
And finally, an easy one for episode four of the month, read to the end of the book. So yeah, that's pretty easy. That one will be out on February 27th. That final episode will be our biggest discussion of the book yet. I'm hopefully going to have a guest on, one of my friends to chat about it with me. And additionally, the book club picks for March will already be released and potentially chosen. So we will discuss that a little bit. So if you have any questions about where you should be reading up to, please do not hesitate to send me a DM on Instagram. I've gotten a few from you guys and I've been able to, you know, help you out a little bit. I truly read every single DM that I get, even the hidden requests. I make sure to go through those every single day. So I want to make sure you're all really comfortable with where you're reading up to and don't get anything spoiled. That's really important to me. So I'll always be a bit ahead of you guys for the most part if you're reading with the schedule, since I have to record the podcast early and edit it before it comes out on a Monday. So please reach out and let's hope our next book club pick is a little bit easier with chapter numbers or parts or some way to market that isn't just stupid page numbers and point of views. Thanks a lot, Mary Kubica. Little numbers would have been helpful. (laughs) Whatever, it's fine. So to get things started, I wanted to go through my notes and my thoughts on the first chunk of this book. I also did do some poll questions throughout the week to get you guys thinking and answering. So at the end of my own thoughts and notes, I'll discuss those as well. So I do have actual physical notes. And this was something new for me because I was like, okay, I want to make sure that I'm remembering everything I want to talk about. So after each chapter that I read, I like went through on my phone, made little notes. So I will be reading like directly from a page for this next part, which is something I don't typically do on the podcast, but I want to make sure that I'm saying everything I want to say correctly. So we're going to start with the prologue. I took some notes. It felt a little bit cheesy to me, um, but it was intriguing. I liked the ambiguity of what characters were involved in the intro. And I actually want to read the prologue here just to get us all in the right mood and headspace. I hope that's okay. Um, And it's something I wanted to do anyway. And it's something I made a note of. I feel like there might be some like hidden gems that like we missed in the prologue, honestly, as we read the first part. So I am going to go ahead and read it here. We're all going to get in the, the cozy sort of like read aloud mode. But let me do that. Okay, it's super quick. Here we go. Prologue. I gasp and stagger backward. My hand goes to my mouth, bearing down. My brain screams at me to run, run. I can't at first. Shock and fear hold me captive. They keep me from moving like a ship that's dropped anchor. I'm moored to the spot, my eyes gaping in disbelief. My breath quickens and I feel the flailing of my heartbeat in my neck, my throat, and in my ears. Run, my brain screams at me. Go, fucking run. There is movement on the ground before me. The sound that comes with it is something heathen and raging, and some part of me knows that if I don't go now, I may never leave this place alive. I turn away. It's instantaneous. One minute I'm unmoving, and the next I'm moving so fast that the world comes at me in vague shapes and colors, streaks of brown and blue and green. I barely feel the movement on my legs and my feet as I run. I don't feel the impact of my shoes colliding with the earth, moving quickly across it. I don't look back, though I want more than anything to steal a look to know that I'm alone, that I'm not being followed. But I don't look. It's too risky. Looking back would cost precious seconds that I don't know that I have. If I do, those seconds could be my last. Sounds come, but I'm so disoriented that I don't know where they come from. Is it only my pulse, the rush of blood in my ears, or is someone there? I feel something tangible against my hair and then my spine. My back arches. I jerk away, pitching forward, landing hard on my hands and knees. The world stops moving. I have only two thoughts in that moment, staying alive and that this isn't the way it was supposed to happen. Yep. Yep. Okay. There are some clues. There are many clues. I Okay, I'm getting too excited. I knew rereading the prologue. It always helps. It always helps. Go back and read the prologue. There's always some spooky shit going on. Okay. We'll get back to that in a second. But really, I feel okay. So a couple things. If you okay, I'm assuming at this point, spoiler, spoiler, here we go. Lots of spoiler alerts. If you haven't read up, and you're okay with hearing spoilers about what we've read up to at this point, stay along, listen in. But if you're not okay with that, close your ears. So basically, like, she already has gasped and staggered backward. So at that point, it feels like the rock that went into to Jake's head, right? That's what I was thinking. But then she said something grabbed her and jerked her away, which is weird because she said that like Jake landed on the ground and that was it. And she didn't look back and she went away. So what happened after that? And then the biggest thing was this isn't the way it was supposed to happen. 
I thought you guys just met in the woods randomly as you were walking the trail. Interesting. Interesting. We'll come back to that. Okay. First chapter. So I found it interesting that we're going to get a male perspective here. Um, I've only actually ever read one other Mary Kubica book. That was Local Woman Missing. Tell me if I'm wrong. And I honestly, I wrote this note and I think I'm wrong, but I don't remember a male perspective in that one. I think I'm wrong. I think there was a husband POV. But immediately from that first chapter, um, you could tell obviously the prologue is from Lily, Christian's wife's point of view. In this chapter, we meet Lily, who is pregnant and very on edge for some reason. Um, We learn that she's a math teacher. We learn Christian is a market research analyst, and they're both very good at math. For whatever reason, they bring that up quite a few times. Side note that I wanted to talk about, does anyone else picture themselves as every main character in books? So I read Lily had brown hair, and I was like, yep, that's me. I'm playing her in my head as I read this book. I do that all the time. Like, even if someone's blonde and... Like, I like her character. I'm like, nope, doesn't matter. I'm playing her in this book, especially in romances. I'm like, oh, it's me and Miles Teller. Oh, it's me and Andrew Garfield, no matter the character description. Anyone else? Also, who else do you picture as the cast in your head as you're reading for this book? I'd be curious to hear your your fan cast picks so far. So second chapter, we are introduced to Nina and Jake. Nina is a high school English teacher and Jake is a surgeon. In Nina's point of view, I found the writing to be really choppy and like really short, um, really short sentences in this chapter. So I don't know if that's intentional, but just something I noticed. Um, Chapter three, we found out the connection between the two couples. So Lily and Nina teach at the same school. They all used to and like kind of still are mutual friends. But Jake has been busy with his surgeries recently. Kind of going to read it like based on my notes, even though we know what happened. So I said something happened when Lily saw Jake in the woods. But at this point, we didn't know what. One thing I noticed, oh, this so annoyed me. This like really pissed me off. And I know there's probably something more to it, but was when Lily was about to tell Christian what happened in the woods and like why she's been so on edge since last night, she started shivering at the counter and immediately he changed the subject and asked her, asked her how she was feeling instead. Like, oh no, babe, like, why are you so cold? What's going on? Are you sick? What's going on with the baby? Like, obviously it's about whatever happened in the woods, Christian. She's not just cold. I was so annoyed. I'm like, get to the freaking point. I was so mad. Like, obviously I understand he's concerned about the pregnancy because she suffered from miscarriages. And, you know, clearly there's a lot of trauma there, but I would be pressing my husband for answers about what happened in the woods if he told me he saw a friend and was shutting down and like shivering, but like Christian forgot about it. Like she left and he was like, oh yeah, like what was she going to tell me about Jake in the woods? Oh, I'll just ask her later. So very strange. But at this point I was very intrigued. And like when I get an emotional response like that, when I'm reading, I'm like, okay, I'm invested. I'm intrigued. Here we go. Um, Chapter four, this is where we learned from Nina that Jake never came home. So at this point, I'm really wondering what the hell Lily saw in the woods because Christian didn't press her on it. Um, We also learned that there's definitely a closer relationship between Lily and Nina than maybe we originally thought. You know, they definitely confide in each other, um, obviously within that, you know, that conversation in the hallway when they were teachers. We also learned that Jake, kind of a controlling asshole, right, especially with Nina's time, and she needs to spend time with her mother who's struggling with her health. So he's definitely jealous of that time that she spends with her mom. And Nina had told Jake to leave that night when they had a fight, but she didn't actually expect him to. Chapter five, we got the first big bombshell of what happened in the woods. And honestly, this was really pretty early on in the story, which definitely makes me think there's way, way, way more to the story between Lily and Jake. Um, What she says is she saw him in the woods as she was taking a walk because the doctor said that was good for her pregnancy. And then she said when he saw her, he explained to her that he saw some deer in a clearing up ahead and wanted to show her. And then he tried to kiss her and force himself on her, which is obviously disgusting. Um, She said they started struggling a bit, and then she hit him over the head with a rock a few times. Then without looking back, she ran away. There's the prologue, obviously, but like I just said, we read the prologue, and what does she mean this wasn't the way it was supposed to happen? Interesting, right? There's obviously way more to the story there especially since that story is being told so early. So a few of my thoughts, maybe Lily wanted to kill Jake for a different reason, brought him to the woods to be there on purpose. Were they having an affair? Is Lily's baby actually Jake's baby? That's something I had thought. Um, I have a lot of questions, but the biggest thing that I thought off the bat is that Jake isn't dead. 
I don't know. I just get the vibe that he's not dead, even as we learn more throughout the chunk that we read. Obviously, there's way more to the story, especially the biggest sentence from the prologue, this isn't the way that things were supposed to happen. Side note, do you guys, uh, I'm going to do it, but are you guys okay with me analyzing the thrillers? You know, do you analyze thrillers as you read them? I sometimes set out to read a thriller and just like read the pages, read about the characters and really honestly make an honest effort to not analyze what's going to happen. But I do it without even trying sometimes. So again, hope that isn't a problem. But I feel like that's the point of a book club, honestly. So depending on the twist too, a book can still be five stars for me, even if I guessed the twist, um, as long as the twist in the book is wild and crazy enough and the writing is really good. So I'm okay with guessing twists. um, Because sometimes I'm like, oh, I was a little sleuth. I was a little detective. That's a really good twist. But I guessed it. It's still five stars. You know what I mean? Chapter six, I had a quick note. We're introduced to Damien and Anna. Damien and Jake are good friends and he hasn't heard from him either. And Nina still hasn't seen or heard from Jake. So we're getting some side characters here. Do we trust them? What do we think? Chapter seven was one of the biggest reveals yet. And that is that Jake's car is still at the forest preserve. That means, you know, on paper that he hasn't left since the altercation with Lily, which makes Lily and Christian think that he's dead, even though his body wasn't at the spot she hit him with a rock. So my thought, like I've already said, is that that's a red herring. Definitely not at all trusting Lily's story here. And there's way more going on with Nina that I think we know too. I wrote in my notes here that I want to go back and read the prologue again for clues. We got some clues. We got plenty of clues. Um, I'm very, very intrigued by that. So I still don't think Jake's dead. Um, Are Lily and Nina in on something together? I feel like that's a potential. And what about Christian? He almost seems like too much of a good husband and he's hiding something to me. So that's the part that I read up to. So we had a little bit of a background, but mostly we got right into it. So Lily is pregnant. She's super freaked out because she was, you know, Jake forced himself on her in the woods. So weird. Imagine like your best friend's husband doing that to you. She freaked out, hit him over the head with a rock. And that's why she was so freaked out that he was going to come back into her house and get back at her for that. She told her husband and they went back to the spot in the woods to try to find Jake and see if he had gone. Unfortunately, his car was still there, but also he his body wasn't at the spot where she left him when she hit him with the, the rocks. So he wasn't there. That's what we have on paper. Also that Nina and Jake don't really have a great relationship going on right now. They've been fighting a lot about the time that Nina spends with her mother. So all of that's pretty interesting. Um, that's where we're up to at this point. That's page 66. If you've read a little bit ahead, that's okay. You know more than I do and I want to read more. I'll probably read more today. I'd rather do that than to have something potentially spoiled. So that's where I am going to stop for my personal notes. Overall, my thoughts. I'm liking it. Um, I feel like we were immediately thrown into the story and there wasn't that much lead up or background on the characters before the action began. And I really, really loved that because I was sucked in almost immediately. I feel like books like that are pretty fun because you learn about them as the action unfolds rather than having to like slog through like a long opening before anything really happens. So like I said, not trusting anyone at this point, but I specifically have my eye on Lily. Don't like her. I mean, look, I don't want you to think I'm like, oh, whatever. Like, obviously, Lily is like going through some stuff. She's been through miscarriages, which is terrible. Um, If Jake really did throw himself on her, that is disgusting and awful. But I really don't feel like it can be as cut and dry as Jake tried to assault Lily and she killed him and now they have to cover it up. Like it it can't be. If it is, that's still spooky. And like, obviously it sucks regardless because Jake really seems like a shitty person. But knowing Mary Kubica, there's definitely more here than meets the eye. So now um, I asked you all some poll questions throughout the week and got some great responses. So did want to share some of those. This is something that I'm definitely still trying to work through. Something that happened this week. So I posted two poll questions, which I'll talk about. And then one of my friends was like, no, you can't do that. Like I, it might have spoiled something for me. And I did put a spoiler alert before I put the poll questions. But regardless, I am going to try to make them a little more open ended and not as like to the point talking about characters, just in case you guys don't, you don't see the spoiler alert and you don't skip through my stories. I know that can make it difficult, but I want to make sure I do have some time to talk about your thoughts and your um, opinions in this podcast. So I want to get more. I want to get more questions. I want to get more thoughts and more feedback on the part of the book that we're on. So please, 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 please be checking my Instagram, Grace's Reading Nook, throughout the week and answering those poll questions. It would mean a lot and be really fun for the pod. I want everyone to be able to discuss the book club pick 
um, and be a part of the discussion. So let's talk about what I asked. Side note, I want to talk about what the percentages were for what books were chosen. So I had Just the Nicest Couple, that one with 45%. Sam was 15%. What Lies in the Woods was 22%. And Funny You Should Ask was 17%. So Sam came in last. That's what I expected, honestly. Our two thrillers came in the top two, but Just the Nicest Couple won by a landslide, which I expected, like I said. Okay, so the first question I asked was, I'm not 100% trusting Lily's story. How do you feel about Lily? 10% of you said she's telling the truth, 61% of you said there's more to her story than she's saying, and 29% said I'm just here for the results, which is totally fine. I do that all the time as I'm reading. So that was interesting. You got 10% of you think she's telling the truth. Guys, there's way more to Lily's story. Like there is no way, especially after rereading that prologue, that she's telling the truth. But wait, guys, I just had like a total revelation, total revelation Why does it have to be Lily's point of view in the prologue? Hold on. I'm having like a full moment. Nothing ever. I'm I'm opening my book. Hold on. I'm opening my book. I just literally skipped through that. I was like, yep, obviously we know the prologue is from Lily's point of view. No, we don't. Oh my God. Interesting. This could be from Christian's point of view. This could be afterwards. Like a prologue doesn't necessarily have to be before. Am I dumb if I say that? I I don't think it has to, because usually if you have a prologue or something, it might say like three months later or two days before or something, you know what I mean? Something like that. Um, Interesting. It totally doesn't have to be from Lily's point of view. Still not trusting Lily. Still like, why are they meeting the woods? I had someone ask that, which I'll talk about, but like, why are they meeting the woods regardless? But this doesn't have to be from Lily's point of view at all, at all at all. Wow. Okay, that's like sleuth-like behavior. Let me know if any of you guys picked up on that too, but I'm pretty happy that I just thought of that live on the air. Hadn't thought that through, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. So, okay, that was my first question. And then my next one was, do you think Jake is dead? 52% of you said yes, 35% of you said no, and 13% of you said, I just want to see the results, baby. (laughs) Um, 52% of you think Jake is dead. So I am in the minority here by thinking that Jake is alive somewhere. Um, But why is his body gone? Like his car is still there, but that doesn't mean anything. Lily could have gone back to the scene of the crime and gotten him out of there. Nina could have gone back. Christian could have gone back. Damien could have gone back. Like there are way like, but his body, if he was really dead, he wouldn't, his body would still be in the spot that Lily killed him unless... Lily was lying to Christian about the spot that she killed him. That's very possible too. Um, But I still don't think Jake is dead. I don't know. Let me know your thoughts. Then I just asked an open-ended question. Um, Are you reading Just the Nicest Couple for our book club? 53% said no. That's okay. I'm welcome and open to my followers just saying like, nope, not reading it. That's cool. That's fine. 47% said yes. Thank you for listening. Thank you for reading. Love it. Um, And then I asked, are you enjoying the book so far, whatever part you're at? And 84% of you said yes, 16% said no. So I'm glad that the vast majority of you are enjoying it. So I want to talk about, I had a few open-ended questions as well, just being like, what are your thoughts? Give me your thoughts. I want to talk about those really fast. One of my um, friends here said she thought the chipmunk was him. And I think she's referring to the point where Lily and Christian are in the woods and like a chipmunk scurries past. And we thought that was that was Jake. So that was pretty funny. Someone else mentioned that why don't we get the student teacher's name or really anything else about him? I thought that was pretty interesting. And usually in books where like they don't mention too much about a character, but they're there. That's a really great way to incorporate a twist later on. Because he's always been in the background, he's always been like lurking around, but we never really know his name or what his motives are or anything. And it's like, oh, shoot, it was the student teacher the whole time. So that's something to keep in mind that I thought was a really, really interesting point, too. One of my friends also mentioned that she was about halfway through. She said, always blame the husband. I don't have proof yet, but I just know. Very good point. Um, let me dig into that a little deeper. So, for example, Okay, here's a theory that I'm investigating in my own head. What if 
Lily and Jake were having an affair of some kind. So my mind always goes to affair because it's always an affair in these books. And Christian found out about it in some way. And, or maybe Lily told Christian that the baby wasn't his, that she had an affair with Jake. And he found out and he went to the woods to kill him. But that doesn't really make sense because we had like the whole thing of them going into the woods, right? Something happened no matter what with Lily and Jake in the woods because she told him that they went out to the woods, they did something. In my mind, I'm assuming that is the prologue, but now I'm really actually not thinking it is. And now I'm getting like freaked out. So I'm like, who, what happened in the woods in that prologue? But Christian could definitely be behind a lot of this. The good husband facade it's, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it 100% at all. There's way more to his story, way more to Nina's story too. Not trusting anyone, but love not trusting the husband because they're always behind something in these thrillers, honestly. And then the last comment I'm going to talk about that I got was, Lily knew the trails very well. She seemed to be very trusting of Jake and blindly followed him. So true. Like, I had a thought, like, Lily told Jake a I mean, sorry, all these names. Lily told Christian a few times, like she made the point of being like, yep, I was out in the woods walking, you know, because the doctor said that like I had to walk. Like the doctor said, you know, I have to like take these walks for the baby. Like she said that a few times, like, girl, you can just be taking a walk. Like there's no need. So that was a little interesting to me. Also, why was Jake in the woods? Like he's a busy surgeon. Like why would he just show up to the woods and like go on a random walk? Thought that was pretty peculiar too. And then why did she so blindly follow Jake to like go watch the deer if she felt uneasy about it? That was an interesting point too. Um, It kind of seems like this was like their secret meetup spot. Like they frequented it together in my mind. Um, I feel like there's way, way more going on between those two. So that's where we're at at this point. You know, that was the shortest chunk of the book that we're going to read for the podcast. Um, That was the smallest part. So we're going to have a lot more to discuss in the upcoming episodes. So, so far, trusting no one, especially Lily and Jake. There was way more to them meeting up in the woods than meets the eye, I think. And I am just so excited to dig deeper. Like I said, I'm probably going to literally open up this book right now and get into the next chunk. So for the next episode, like I said, if you do have the hardcover version like me, you will want to read up to page 153. And if you don't have the hardcover version, you're reading it in any other way, you'll want to read through chapter 16, which is Nina's point of view and Christian's point of view will be up next. And that is all for today's episode, episode three of the One Woman Book Club podcast. Thank you all so much for watching and for reading along in Just the Nicest Couple with me. I am so excited for next week's episode. Be sure to be following my Instagram, Grace's Reading Nook, where we'll have more polls and more questions for this week. And you can stay up to date with what I'm reading and my life and updates like that. So thank you guys so much for listening. And I will talk to you all next week. Bye. A well-told story has the power to transport you to places you've never been. And if you enjoy books and travel, you are going to love our podcast, Strong Sense of Place. I'm Mel. And I'm Dave. Every two weeks, we get curious about one destination and discuss five great books that took us there on the page. We start with an overview of what makes that place different than anywhere else on Earth. And then we tackle a round of two truths and a lie to explore stories behind that place. But the heart of our show is our book recommendations. We share why we love each title with no spoilers. Take an imaginary trek with us through Iceland, sip Uzo in Athens, or virtually ride the rails on an epic train adventure. Strong Sense of Place was featured in Apple's Top 10 Podcasts for the Arts. If you love books and travel, come along with us. Listen to Strong Sense of Place on your favorite app or visit us at strongsenseofplace.com. 